0: Take your Bibles again tonight, turn to the book of Acts chapter number 2, the book of Acts chapter number 2, we uh, began last week looking at these verses about the early church and looking at reviving the spirit of the early church in uh, today's church and we uh, covered a few of those verses last week and then Lord's willing we will cover the rest of them tonight. So let's pick up reading Acts chapter number two. that eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Praising God and having favor with all the people, the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. Let's take a moment to pray. Father, we love you this evening. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for being a good God and loving Savior to us. Lord, thank you for this good crowd that has gathered again tonight to hear the word of God. Lord, I pray that you would empty me of self and cleanse me of sin. God, I just pray that you would do that which only you can do. Lord, help us in this moment. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Last week we began to look at the beginning of the early church. We looked first of all at their steadfastness and how they continued um, in the apostles' doctrine. And then then we looked at their fellowship and how that they, um, the Bible says, in breaking of bread, and, we, um, the, the, well, and they look at uh, fellowship, and then the breaking of bread, how they examine themselves. And so we see then that they, the, their prayer life. But also, I want you to notice verse number 44. I want you to notice the Bible says, and all that believed were together and had all things common. One one man said this. He said one classified so he once classified some church members as this. He said you have those that are figureheads, those that are sore heads, those who are dead heads, and then those who are hot heads. And reality of it is, is in amongst every church that is that is the way it is. You sadly have that of of everybody. You have those that. Um, that, had, as the old saying goes, it takes uh, uh, all kinds to make the world go around, I guess. And so we look, look at this, as we see that they, verse number 44, and they were believed that all that were together, were together. They was a unity, they had a, worked as a unit. They, and the word unit means, it's to, it literally means together. And we have to remember tonight that God is in the multiplication business. However, the devil is in the division business. Anytime you begin to see God bless something, you can make sure and rest assured that the devil's going to come
1: along and he's going to do his best to divide it and to, and to do his best to tear it up. We see the steps of unity. That believe reality sad, sad thing
0: is in most days is is most places are trying to build a church out of people who do not know Christ. A lot of times you it, it is not necessarily that of uh, of people believers coming together and serving but rather it's just let's just get whoever we can let's put them wherever we can and, and do and do, let them do whatever they will but reality of it is is when you you, you and I if we're not careful we begin to Allow those who don't that has the testimony of not believing taking a leadership and taking part in, in the church today. You're asking for trouble, and a lot of the reasons so much trouble is in the church today is because you have people that really and truly that they're not saved. This issue of step is you've got to have people that are that are born again that that know the Lord. But then also, not only do you have to have people that believed, but you also have to have people that are together. And so this this he says in verse number forty four, and had all things common. Now, there's a lot of lot of things that could be said, and a lot of people have differing ideas of, of what this this means. And and um, if you don't exactly have the same idea as me, I, I'll let you be wrong, and I'll be right. But uh, but there's a lot of lot of stipula- a lot of different discussion if you research this and. But not only do we have to, for unity to be taking place, it has to be, the church has to be made up of those who, those who are believers, but it also has to be, there has to be that togetherness. They, we have to have the same call, we have to have the same mind, and we have to have the same purpose. And so this, this, this being the, the same mind, or the same call, the same mind, and the same purpose. First of all, you see that there's this, there's the salvation. Salvation is the call. The mind that the person should have is to serve, and the purpose should be to simply just glorify God. Anything, anything else that we have, any any other mindset or any other purpose or any other other uh, calling that we may have, sadly, sadly enough, it, it is not it should not be amongst the church, but uh, God's people. That they only they're in the hearts of us is that of of salvation and then not only that of salvation but our mind should just be what it would be like instead of of the of 98 percent of the church willing that the other small majority a uh, small minority of the church work but could you imagine what it'd be like if 98 percent of the only two percent had a mind to do nothing I mean, could you imagine what would take place but it, but isn't it sad that it is most of the time that there's 98% who is willing to let the other two percent do everything, and and, and, it's, and there again it's not only it's not not only uh, it's everywhere that that is takes place, and so we see the unity that they had, that they believe that all believed were together and they had all things in common, but not only do we see communism number one. The reason this is not communism is because it was never demanded for them to do this. Nowhere do you find that it was demanded of the early church to do this. And by the way, also you'll see that this, they did not sell everything that they had. They only sold things at certain points in times. And so this church loves people. John chapter number 13 verse number 35 says this, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another. And so what would take place is they would sell personal property as, as people would have needs. Isaiah 58, verse number 7 and 8 says, Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry? And when thou seest the naked, thou, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee and the glory of the Lord shall be rewarded. Matthew 25 and verse number 34 through 40 says this, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hung and hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison and come unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. So there again, we not only see the unity of these people, but we also see the charity of them. And when one had a need, it was met. But it was met by the generosity of God's people. Listen, I, 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 there again, I know we're fixing to celebrate July the 4th, and I thank God that I live in America. But listen to me, if the church would do what the church is supposed to do, there would be no need for welfare. There'd be no need for Medicare. There'd be no need for the foster care system. There'd be no. There'd be no need for a lot of the government assistance that we have today if only the church would do what she was set here to do. But most. Of, but sad reality of it is, is, most of the time we we sit and we wait. We wait for someone else to meet the need. And and there again, a lot of times when you talk to people, people who don't even know God, people don't even don't even want to trust in God. But you talk to them argue things well why isn't the church doing this or why isn't the church doing that and when you listen to them you have to, you have to admit they have uh, they, the argument that they have carries weight for so long the church has set idle and letting the government take care of what the church should be taking care of do you know statistically if every person that claims that they was a born again Christian would open up their home to those who are those who are, are Um, fatherless and motherless uh, there would be no need for any type of adoption uh, adoption agencies nor foster care but when you when the church begins to preach about
1: abortion what's the first thing that comes up well if if they don't and and they say they say you you, you talk about abortion and listen
0: I'm against abortion but what I'm also against is I'm against us, us preaching against it and the church not doing anything about it the
1: reason there's so many abortions is because the church has failed in that area Uh, sadly enough caught up in sin or or whatever they he got he got himself in a mess and
0: and uh, man but people just began to crucify him and what he did was not right it was sinful to him. I'm not I'm not condoning what you did. What you did was wrong. You knew better. You shouldn't have done it. But one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to shoot you while you're down. And I told him this.
1: Would deal with me. And that's the way we ought to deal with people. Many years ago when I began to first go into prison, we... Uh, there was some, some people
0: that had some issues about me going in there and preaching and, and I told him this as it was I said you better you better hope to God that one day you're not praying that God would send somebody with a gospel to your kid in prison. The reality of it is, is is many places have just simply lost love for people. Now, if you're going to build a church in 2022, listen to me, you're going to attract some strange people. Now, you don't have to answer this, but I just want you to answer this in your heart. Do you want Faith Baptist Church to grow? Or do you want it to be what it is now? I'm not saying it's not good the way it is, but it can get better. And to get better, it's going to have to grow. And to grow, mark down. There's gonna be some strange people walk through these doors. What do you do? You love them in their strangeness. I'm not saying that we that, that someone comes in is that that is living a ungodly and immoral life that we put them on the platform and sing. We put them in the choir. And I'm not saying that. At all. I'm not saying put them in a Sunday school room to teach. But listen, had it not been for somebody
1: loving you, where would you be? had it not been it for somebody else. I'm glad he come to
0: save the worst of the worst and aren't you glad I' saved the worst of the worst and making the best of the best? The marker of this first church was that they had unity but they also had that of charity they loved one another not only did they love one another but they loved People, and they, they when they saw a need, the need was met by the there again by the generosity of God's people. I can't tell you the times that I, I have been that I have been uh, stretched thin, and one way or another, God's people has
1: has come through time and time again. One of the one of the worst one
0: of the things that I worried with the most was. Uh, the church I was pastor
1: and had the philosophy that the preacher wasn't there he. And uh, but I can remember later, what are we going to do for bills? Oh, well how, how are we going to pay have
0: paid bills? How, how's my kids going to eat? How, how are we going to supply? And and I remember coming home and on an oxygen tank and I, I think it was just a a, a day or two later. Um, I say I got out on a Sunday and I. I was supposed to preach in uh, somewhere in Louisiana on that Tuesday, and, and KK said, Charlie said, you don't need you don't need to go. I said, we've got to. go. I've got to go, I said, because if I don't go, we're not gonna. At least we'll have a little money to put food on the table. And I, she said, well, you I, you you're not going unless somebody rides with you. And so I, one of my preacher friends, he called me and we was talking, and he he volunteered to ride with me and and got in the truck and. We went down there, and me and my little old green oxygen bottle, and and uh, got done preaching, and and they gave me what the church was preaching, what offering that they'd gave me, and I, I didn't didn't even look at it, and, and then got out and drove back home, and he got out of the ve- he got out of the vehicle at his house, and he said he said here, he handed me something out of his pocket. Um, he said he said the other day I was about to dismiss church, and he said somebody just Made mention of, of what you was going through and we just decided to take up a love offering for you. And here it is. And I, I didn't think nothing about it. I just got on down the road and there again and I, curiosity kills the cat and I began to pull it out and looked at what he had given me and looked at what the other church had given me. You know what it was? It was exactly what we needed to get through that week. And it, it, was, it was God's people that done that. And that's the way it ought to operate. When there's a need, God's people ought to meet it. By the way, one of the one of the biggest things that uh, there again several years ago we had a, a tornado come through our area and on Easter Sunday and did great devastation and and uh, me me and another uh, preacher friend of mine we uh, went and began to cook. He has a food trailer and we just cooking meals for things and. And it was amazing to me to see all, uh, people just all over the place coming, and you'd begin to talk to them, and they'd say, well, I'm from such and such church, and I'm from such and such church. and I mean, people that had dr- driven all night to get there. And I thought, this is the way it's supposed to be. I mean, before, before the Red Cross ever got there, God's people was there. and That's the way it's supposed to be, because that's, we're supposed to love people. So First John chapter number 3, verse number 16 and 18 says this. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath the world's good and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion for him. From him how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let, not, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. There's other verses we could turn to. James chapter number 2, 15 and 16. Galatians 6, verse number 6 and six through 10. Not only do we see the, their unity and not only see, do we see their charity, but we also see their continuation. Verse number 46 and verse number 47, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple. Now, the question could arise, why are these people that have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, why are they still going to the temple? They believe the reason that they were going to the temple, first of all, was simply because that's where they were going to worship. They were still going for prayer and worship. But their day quite different than our day. Their day, everybody went to the temple. The reason they continued to go to the temple was to continue was to witness to people. They were going to where the people were. You know what the most dangerous attitude of a church to have is? Is for people to come to us instead of us going to the people. Mark it down. If the attitude of a church is they come to us, eventually they'll dwindle down and die. But the attitude of the church is for us to go to them. Most of the time you'll see a church that is alive and thriving. Because you can improve on God's way. And God's way has always been for the church to go to them and bring them in. Not for us to wait for them to come to bring them in. I've heard people make this statement, well, this church has been, not not this church, but other churches I've been to, well, this church has been here since 1860. They know where this church is. If they want to come, they'll come. That is true, they know where that church is. If they've lived there their their whole life, they know where that church is. The sad reality of it is they're not going to come, just on their own intuition most of the time. They've got to have somebody go to them. And so this is what they're doing in the temple. Not only are they worshiping and tending worship, that they're going to where the crowd is so that they could worship, but also that they could witness. Not only are they going to the temple, but notice also in verse number 46 there, and breaking bread from house to house. They're worshiping in their homes. They're sharing meals together. They're building bonds together. Some Some of the sweetest bonds you'll ever make is is at the church house. Some of the longest lasting bonds that a person can make God's house. So that they're going, from, they're going from the temple, they're going to house and house, to house and house, but also notice the last part of verse number 46, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. This eating of the meat with gladness, they, they were thankful for the, what the Lord had blessed them with. They knew from where their blessings had come from. And that singleness of heart, the, it, the singleness means sincere. It means without hardness. So not only are they eating their meat with gladness, and that, that word could be the uh, same thing as what we would think of as is, is thanksgiving, but it says they're doing it with singleness of heart, meaning their, their heart is not hardened. Their heart is tender. Oh, man. How in our day we need people with a tender heart. I don't know about you, but I, I've not lived, I've not, I've only lived 31 years, but I've never seen a seen a time where people's heart is so hard. I I love to read about what happened years ago and, and the revivals that used to sweep across our land and how that people would be at the altar broken and weeping and not anymore because most of the time our hearts are so hard it's even hard to have compassion on people anymore isn't it because we've seen so much we hear so much negative and so much so much crazy stuff that it's hard to have compassion on people but oh man it, what a difference this world world would see if the church would just have a singleness of heart, have a tender heart. Several years ago, I I was preaching and preaching, and I come to the uh, the greatest advice ever been given: whatever he says, do, do. It. Well, what? Good if we if everybody that had a had a tender heart that just whatever Christ said they'd done it. So we see not only, not only do we see their charity but we also see their continuation. But then notice verse number forty-seven. The first two words of that: praising God. To praise God is to recite His wonderful works and His blessings that He gives us. When's the last time you've heard somebody's heard you or heard me praise God publicly? It, it amazes me. I, 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 there, you know, I've, I've seen. I've been going to church nine months before I was born, and I've not seen probably as much as some of you have, but I've seen 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 enough. In church, sometimes to make you scratch your head and wonder, but but isn't it amazing that how when it comes to
1: voicing, when people come, they have no shame in voicing their opinion, whether it's right. It didn't go their way.
0: But you'll never hear them stand up in church and say, I just want to thank God for saving my soul. Ain't that right? Man, they don't have no problem getting up and saying, Let me tell you, let me tell you something. You didn't you didn't sing my favorite song yesterday. Or let me tell you something. You, you low down, low down thing, you didn't come check on me when I had an ingrown toenail. I mean, they don't have no problem telling you of how sorry you are and, and how, how you have dis, uh, uh, disrespected them and how you have their feelings. But when it comes time for testimony, they're not going to say nothing. They'll sit like a toad on a log. Why is that? Because a lot of times we think more of ourselves than we do the goodness of God. Isn't it so easy to talk about what has been done unto us by other people, but it's so hard to talk about what has been done unto us by our heavenly Father? Man, this early church was a church was a church that focused on just praising God. Listen, I, everybody's not going. No, you're not going to do like me, and I'm not going to do like you. And that's okay. But boy, the whole folk, the, our focus when we come in this place is not; it should not be he or she or they or them. But our whole focus ought to be on, he, on him up there. It ought to be the only reason we're here is just to praise the Lord. And a lot of times the reason, reason some folk can't praise the Lord on Sunday is because they spent the whole week, Monday through Saturday, complaining to it. But I'm telling you, if we if we could get into the mindset, and I'm not talking about this emotional pep rally where you have to be pumped and primed and have to have a have a spiritual uh, pep rally for 30 minutes to work up emotions and to work up uh, work up all these different things. But I'm talking about if you and I would just spend the week thinking about how good God has been to us and and where where we should be, but where we are because of because of God and. And think about how God has blessed our family and kept our family. And and I'm telling you, if we would think on those things, Son, when Sunday morning come around, uh, this building couldn't contain uh, the joy that would be here because people have a mind to praise God for what God has done. But yet so many times I look at, like I said this morning, I look at all the things I don't have instead of focusing on that which I do have. So we see their continuation. Not only do we see their continuation, but in closing, notice what the impact is. Notice verse number 47. Praising God, notice this, and having favor with all the people. How did they get this? Now it does not say that all the people come to salvation. It doesn't say that all the people came to, And was born again. But it says having favor. All the people. Would you agree with me tonight that. The church as a whole has very. Little favor in our days. I can remember growing up. When the preacher came. I grew up in an era where. The preacher, every week, the preacher and his family would go eat with someone from the church. And I could could remember waking up on Sunday not having to ask if the preacher was coming. I could look around the house and tell the preacher was coming. Paper plates. We ate on paper plates Monday through Saturday, but when the preacher came, there wasn't no paper plates. We might have had beanie weenies Monday through Saturday, but when the preacher came, they was something good on the stove. And I, I could I can remember remember us getting pep talks. Now, if you do this when the preacher comes, I am going to skin you alive when he leaves. Or if you say this, or you do this, or you I mean just I mean a list, hundred miles long. I'm not tell this, but I'm going to tell it, but had one of my cousins one time. preacher was over, and my mom looked at her and said, or, or my brother actually looked at him and said, said, so Michael, tell, tell the preacher what your favorite song is. And she thought he'd say, Jesus loves me, or amazing grace. Or, and he looks up without a beat, he said, well, me and my granddaddy like that song that comes on the radio that says, Something like we like our women a little on the trashy side. My grandmother's face turned as red as red could be. Needless to say, next time the preacher come, we knew what was allowed and what was not. About. But I've heard preachers in days gone past talk about when. They'd walk up in a crowd. If they, somebody had a beer, they'd hide it. If a person was smoking a cigarette, they'd put it out. They were t- telling fi- off-color jokes. They would, The conversation would change. They were using foul language. They quit using foul language. But nowadays, they'll keep drinking, smoking, cussing. And telling the same old thing they've always been told. The sad reality of it is sometimes, in some cases, the preacher will join in on their off-color comments. I'm just saying we don't have, the, the, people don't have favor. The church don't have favor with people much anymore. Why is that? I believe it's because we've lost a lot of what this early church had. I believe the church has got a bad name because we failed in doing what the church is supposed to do in some areas. Not only do we see that the conclusion to all this brought favor among all men and the humbleness and unity and devotion in the lives of these, these people of the earlier church won the favor of the community won the favor of those that are around them. Not only do we see that it won the favor of all people but notice lastly verse number 47 and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. The results of them doing what they done brought favor but it also brought salvation to lost men, women, boys and girls. it's a shame that most churches, the only thing they use the baptistry for is to hide stuff. Didn't, didn't, when setting up vacation Bible school, was looking for the ladder, and the first place I went was the baptistry. That's because that's where most, most churches hide stuff. The reality is we don't see folks getting saved. Now, and I'm talking as a whole, not, not, don't misunderstand me. And then we see very few people following through with what should take place after salvation. Baptism, church membership, devotion, discipleship. And I think there again, I think the reason we have to, we have to quit placing the blame where it don't belong. A lot, a lot of times we're placing the blame on the world. Listen, the world's always been wicked. The world has always had its problems. The world has always had its issues. But it's never stopped the church from being the church. But sadly in our day, we're blaming our lack of power with the Lord on the world. And the reason the church is not making an impact on the world is because we're content with letting the world make an impact upon the church. And Know that you and I, as believers in 2022, could get back to some of the things here so that we can have favor among the people. That we can see God Wrought a great harvest once again I'm not, I'm not a doom, doomsday person There's a lot of people Their idea is this is Well God's done Church age is wrapping up So let's just cruise on through If God was done The church would not be here and until the time that God is done, God expects us, the church, to be the church. No matter how dark and how grim it may be, it's, the world has always been that way. But the church is to be the bright, shining light that's set upon a hill. Some later musicians come, Tonight, reality is, is, and I.